Howdy folks, welcome back to the new Sprint Commando. This is episode 18. I'm your host Ed Moore and there are going to be spoilers as I look at Justice Machine Volume 1 Number 3 from Noble Comic. Cover dated June 1981. Can be right. Hmm. Let's try maybe April 1982. Curious indicia there. So on the cover, we have our six machiners. We have Diviner, Challengeman, Demon, Blazer, Talisman, and Titan on the floor, face down with a pool of blood forming underneath him. Standing over top him is someone that I would assume is Bloodmaster, because we have an inset here on the picture that says he's insane, he's deadly, he's Bloodmaster. Red and white outfit holding a sword with blood on the tip. And don't miss this issue, Centerfold, by Mike Gustavich and Bob Layton. It says, the cover by Gustavich and Rubenstein. Inside front cover, the Justice Machine staff, and then several insets from various pages in the well from throughout the book actually yeah. page one first uh, narrator box to open the book that i've seen so far from somewhere in time and space they came from a world very similar to earth they sought justice but instead discovered their own naivete now they fight for challenger titan diviner demon blazer talisman sue fillmore presents the justice machine mike gustavich writer inker letterer charlie wallace penciler co-plotter dave gifford colorist and all-around nice guy but before i want to get into that too far let's do some other housework clean clean house house cleaning that's the word if you want to get in touch with me you can tweet me at teal t-e-a-l productions or news p commando teal productions has a facebook page i am indie man at gmail.com is the email address indie is i-n-d-i-e and the website comicbooknoise.com slash t NC, the letters TNC, Tango, November, Charlie. You can leave comments of some nature and some length at all of those venues. The script for this issue, again, three chapters, all three chapters from Mike Gustavich. The pencils for chapters one and three from Charlie Wallace from chapter two, Bill Reinhold. The inks, Mike Gustavich ink all or portions of all three chapters, whereas Mitch O'Connell pitched in in chapter two, inking as well. Colors for chapter one from Rusty Clunker and chapters two and three, Dave Gifford, and the letters, Mike Gustavich, all three chapters. Now, we also have a five-page black and white short story called Syllogism, and it focuses on the guardian named Crusader. There we go. I'd lost it for a moment. And so that was cool. That was scripted and penciled by Robert Berry, inked by Kevin Ciambeta, and lettered by Kevin Ciambeta. Now getting back to the story, the first page. Inset of the city at night. We have six headshots, three on either side of that inset of our machiners. Narration tells us that uh, we have a mobster. Um, one smallish gentleman here with apparently green hair, uh, but actually it's meant to be brown. Kind of reminds me of the hair of uh, the goblin, Norman Osborn uh, from Spider-Man. Dude's got three rather large bodyguards and a little note taker here next to him that is smaller than he is actually. So they're going into the office of Jeremiah Hopper, and that is this gentleman's name, looking for uh, someone to meet that they've called in, and they're surprised that he's already in the office waiting for them. And it is none other than this bloodmaster we have seen. Discerning feature about him is he's got a smile that covers about half his head when he smiles. From 
beyond the ear to ear. It looks like he's got just a hugely drawn mouth. So Mr. Hopper is not impressed with the fact that Bloodmaster is there and orders his men as a, a show of uh, a test to attack and subdue Bloodmaster. He decapitates one. He stabs the other and kills the third, probably stabs him as well. He and Mr. Hopper are talking. Mr. Hopper's giving him the instructions of what he wants to do. Bloodmaster works around beside him, holding his extendable sword behind the chair that he's in, and he extends it and kills Mr. Hopper because Robert Thompson, the gentleman that Mr. Hopper wanted Bloodmaster to kill, had already contacted Bloodmaster and bought him. So... Uh, kind of a double cross, but kind of not there. Cut to a scene of the machiners uh, stepping through a portal here into, I'm presuming, New York. Yes, Lower East Side, Manhattan. Uh, they have a card labeled Hammett Dash, protecting the quality of justice on the back of directions to get to Mr. Dash. This is somewhere that Maxinor had told them would be safe haven for them on Earth, so they search it out. They go to a uh, transit stop and find a n- pneumatic shift. A shift? Uh, pneumatic transit system, a ship. There we go. Pneumatic shift. A shift? I did it again. Ship that they all pile into and take off. They arrive at the city. They meet Mr. Dash. Introductions are given, and then Mr. Dash opens a large door, inter- in- introducing them to the town of New Haven. A large two-page spread here, pages, what, eight and nine. Much, much cityscape here, the machiners, some individuals here and there. And uh, Mr. Dash tells them that the car over there will take you to your residence. So the next two pages are three panel segments for each of the machiners uh, indicating what they're doing as they're getting ready for bed. First is Challenger. We find out he's 43. Next is Diviner. We find out she's 32. Demon is next. He's 27. Talisman is next. He is 40. Blazer is next. She's 24. And then Titan is next. He's 33. Not sure why they're telling us the age. I guess more character development. I'm not sure. Next morning, Demon finds Challenger in a workout center already working out. They have a little competition here, but we find out that there is a tour going on that they most they both must end their competition to go join. Uh, they do. Demon having just told Challenger how he defeated Karnak of the Lightning Hands. wonder if that's an allusion to Marvel's Inhuman Karnak. I always like the uh, miniseries that was done with him fairly recently. We find that the tour at this point, um, it doesn't end, but this is one of the last stops. It's a detention center for the worst of the New Haven criminals, and we're introduced to Kilgore uh, rather extensively. Hmm. wonder what that means. The diviners, the diviners, excuse me, the machiners leave. One of the guards is struck down, and lo and behold, via usage of a sword, Kilgore is freed. Next, we find the cell uh, where Zarin is being held, and Maxinor is attempting to question him. Dash, Hammett Dash, tries to question him to no avail. Uh, Challenger and Zarin uh, verbally tete-a-tete there for a little while. Moving on in the tour that they're being given here, we see that there is some food being grown hydroponically, I would suggest, as this is a vast underground city. We then find that the central power is geothermic 
in nature with the energy for New Haven enough to power the entire North American continent, Hammett Dash says, or perhaps the energy available to them. What you see here represents enough energy to power the entire, well, I mean, it's what's powering New Haven. So there's enough power in New Haven to power all of North America. Next, we have some medical facilities here that are shown, and then we end our tour at a large meadow where everyone is able to just chill for a couple hours after the tour. We reconvene our tour and go to the Robotic Studies Center where, uh, let's see, what's his name? Victor von Croft is a robotic genius. He designs anatomically similar robots to human, to be human companions. I wonder if they play a part of it. It didn't in this issue, but Ana Anatomics is the name of the uh, portion of the city that they're in. They then make a cafeteria where we see that they have had lunch, dinner, whatever, and in the midst of this, Kilgore breaks in taking out Titan, but he is in turn taken down rather quickly by Blazer. Diviner runs off feeling that Kilgore, where Kilgore came from, there are other bad guys there. So she suddenly has the thought that she needs to go check and see if there are other uh, escaped convicts that have been, well, other convicts that have been loosed. And when she gets to the, um, no, I'm sorry. She goes to Hammett Dash's office, uh, fearing for him, because if other convicts got loose, they may go after him. And she encounters Bloodmaster having uh, laid Mr. Hammett Dash low here, but I don't think he's killed him. Now, that's the end of the first chapter. Right before the end of the first chapter, we have the editorial for this issue, the letters page, a page for subscriptions for the Justice Machine and the Prester John book. In the very center is this two-page vertical uh, display from, yeah, I don't know why I said display, Gustavich and Bob Layton, and uh, it is of Titan fighting several robots that have a dis decidedly Iron Manning kind of look. Then rough sketches of Kilgore, uh, Servitor, who we haven't seen yet, but Hammett's, Hammett's Servitor. So this is a animatonic construct for Hammett Dash, and his, it's, his name is, or he is a Servitor. We, we didn't see him in this issue, but here's a character sketch. And then here's a sketch of Demon standing over Blazer by Mr. O'Connell. Cobalt Blue, next issue. I believe there is a half and half. It's a flip book for next issue, issue four of the comic that has Cobalt Blue as letter. And then I think issue five does as well. That was another property they were going to attempt to release, but I think they never did in its own. So we'll have to see. I guess talking about the book, I'll talk about that. Also, I hadn't really thought about it. It's from Mike Gustavich and uh, Bill Reinhold writer-artist. All right, so Diviner jumps the Bloodmaster here, uh, attempting to subdue him. They have a little hand-to-hand, -hand, but he ends up slicing something that knocks her out, either the back of her neck or just her back or some portion. It looks like the back of her neck, like it's a, an attempted beheading, but she's too far away or she moves just out of range or something. But she does scream, alerting the other machiners who are still fighting Kilgore that they need to get a step on to go help out one of their teammates. With a combination from Challenger, Demon, and Blazer, they knock Kilgore out. Blazer goes on ahead to because she's the fastest to see if she can help Diviner, but Bloodmaster is waiting for her and lays her low. Titan, in an attempt to 
get there quickly, kind of fumbles the ball here, which is fortunate because the diviners are divine. The machiners are still close enough to catch diviner as she is thrown out of the office and falls uh, several stories down to where they are with talisman able to catch her. The rest of the machiners finally get up to where Hammett Dash is. They find out that Bloodmaster has gone that way. Challenger quickly calls a halt to the pursuit and says, Dude is used to this kind of stuff. He's leading us where he wants to. He is a master of guerrilla tactics, obviously. That is guerrilla with a G-U-E-R. And Challenger, myself, I am also a master of guerrilla tactics, so I will pursue through the door on my own. The rest of you wait for my call. That way, I only have to worry about myself. I don't have to worry about you in trying to figure out what it is he's going to do next. Challenger walks into the room. It's dark, but then two spotlights come on, uh, focused on him. Using some kind of sixth sense or whatever, he avoids a thrown blade from Bloodmaster, actually his only blade. This spooks Bloodmaster, and he heads out. Uh, everybody else rushes in, turns on the lights to the room, finds the Challenger is the only there. But we see Bloodmaster here, one of the people residing here in the city, because we recognize his big goofy smile. All right, syllogism. This is Crusader, and he's been instructed by Central Command, whatever, uh, Office of the Chief Prosecutor, and this is the Chief Prosecutor speaking to him, but we never get it, is ordering Crusader to uh, infiltrate the rebellion. And the best way to do that is by being said to be a renegade. So as the setup Everything for Crusader being official is revoked. The story is planted that he is a traitor, and Crusader takes off. He stops by his place, his apartment, his house, to... I've simply returned to shut down some of the system. But Hunk, having heard that he was a traitor, assumed that he would go for home first, and is waiting for him, and jumps him while he's in the while Crusaders. And that's the end of that story. A page of original art for sale. A page advertising that the Collector's Corner will soon be at Heroes Convention in Charlotte, North Carolina on June 12th and 13th, 1982. Uh, Heroes has now expanded to three days in June, typically around Father's Day, which is always here lately. It's been kind of that I have to make the decision one or the other. We also have just a straight-up ad for Collector's Corner, including a couple coupons. So they're upping their support for Noble Comics here. Then we have a full-page ad on the inside back cover for Nexus 2 from Capital Comics. Hey, if you want to hear my thoughts on Nexus 2, you can... Uh, I don't know if this is Volume 1 or Volume 2. I'm going to assume it's Volume 1. And yeah, it's Volume 1. Uh, you can listen to Episode 2 of... New Sprint Commando, where I talked about Nexus Volume 1, Issue 2. Back cover is an ad for the art and imagery of Robert Williams. Eight full-color plates, and that is on sale from Pacific Comics. So that finishes up Machine Justice Machine Volume 1, Issue 3 from Noble Comics. Um, I didn't as much enjoy the coloration, the coloring of this issue. The ink seems much more saturated in the newsprint, and so it's much darker, much thicker, and much bleedier. Uh, and I'm not digging that. I liked the lighter touch of the previous two issues. The art itself, the inking, uh, is fine. I don't really have any problem with that. Uh, I'm 
still digging the story. I like that Gustavich is expanding uh, the world of Justice Machine. Actually, with that in mind, there's somewhere here. Let me get to it. It's an ad for what's going on next issue. We have the introduction of Free Force with a front cover by Rich Buckler and Jerry Bingham. Um, the Free Force. And look for the introduction of an old character in a great new series. Look out, world. Here comes Cobalt Blue. All this and more. So Cobalt Blue is the flip book for issues three and four. Free Force has a tank looking dude, a dude with wings and another dude. I'm, I'm not sure. Can't really tell. He kind of uh, looks like maybe Speedball or one of the DC heroes, the dude that wears the vest and can project a counter-dimensional uh, part of himself. I believe that's a Ditko creation. I forget what his name is, but he kind of puts me in that. So that is all for this issue. That is all for me this episode. Once again, thanks for listening in, guys. I appreciate it. Any feedback, you can send it to any of the beforely mentioned places. I would appreciate it if you do. Thanks a lot. I will talk to you guys next time out. Ciao.